welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we've got our wide receiver preview for 2021 fantasy football. We're going to run through our wide receiver rankings, just like we did with running backs, just like we did with quarterbacks. We'll probably go through the uh, top 24 player by player and then talk about some guys that we think are interesting that you guys should know about for uh, wide receivers next year. We'll do some bold takes, talk some Scott Fishbowl teams briefly at the beginning of the show because we already talked about them last week. And um, yeah, we'll get right into it in just a moment. Uh, Just so you guys know, we are recording on Monday today, six days early. So the podcast just dropped this week and we're recording another one because I'm going to be gone all week and Chris is going to be gone for part of the week. But we're here and we're back. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, no news today. Uh, yeah, we're doing Scott Fishbowl. Our drafts just wrapped up. Um, if you want to go to uh, scottfishbowl.com, you can see the rules, what the league's all about, the divisions. Uh, and we've already explained it on the show. It's basically a 1920-team massive fantasy football league with the best mm-hmm. of the best. And then some fans yeah. and some analysts like us. who I mean, we're, we're obviously part of the best of the best, but then there's mm-hmm. some others as well. Very cool. Yep. So I finished my draft and Chris, how do you have like, how many picks do you have left? It's the 22 round draft. You've got like maybe four or five. Um, I have hmm. four picks left. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I remember you made one earlier, like just right before or like an hour. I just left Rashad Penny. Nice. Yeah. It gets really into the dregs there, but I'm finished with my draft. So uh, my quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Zach Wilson. This is a super flex league. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, uh, J.D. McKissick, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Samaje Pirine, and Jeff Wilson. I just got some, like, some of those guys at the end. Not loving it, but I had to get some more running back depth. Wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, uh, Antonio Brown, J- Elijah Moore, John Brown, and that's it. Tight end, it's tight end premium. So tight ends get an extra half point per first down. And so they get a full point per first down and PP point per reception. Everyone else gets a half for both of those. I have Mark Andrews and Jared Cook. And then at kicker, which you can flex, you can put them in your flex, one of your four flex spots. Uh, you have Matt Gay, Matt Prater, and Ryan Suckop. Quite the trio right there. I took three kickers in a row because I just couldn't handle how bad everything looked at the end of the draft. I really like those guys. I know they're not going to win me a week, but I needed some depth. And I've only got six wide receivers. So when those guys are on a bye, I'm going to need someone to fill in a decent flex week for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely took a different strategy from Calvin. Uh, I only needed a few RBs right now. I only have five. Uh, I'll probably try and grab one more at least. But uh, I really loaded up on wide receivers and just a ton of potential back there. But uh, a rundown of my team, I've got Lamar, Drew Locke, and Jameis Winston at QB. Then at RB, I've got Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Michael Carter, and Rashad Penny. Then at uh, wide receiver, this is where I really decided to load up on a lot of potential. I have a lot of young guys. I've got A.J. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Odell Beckham, um, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Rondale Moore, and Quintez Cephas. Mm-hmm. And then at tight end, I've got Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, and Adam Trotman. Yep. So pretty solid team. I mean, we did have pretty similar strategy. We went early round running back. I got three running backs in the first four picks. You got three in the first five. Uh, I got an early tight end. You did not. And you actually got a an elite wide receiver in A.J. Brown in round four. But other than that, you did wait on wide receiver 
Um, I waited in one wide receiver. I took my first in round six. Then I took more in round seven, eight, 11, 12, and 15. So did you, when did you take your next wide receiver, Chris, after AJ Brown? I know you took Ayuk next. Where did he go? Um, where did Brandon Ayuk go? I know it was later. Was it like, I, I feel like I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I thought it, you said seventh round, but I could have been. I think it might have been round six, but here, I'll, I'll look. Yeah, I mean, I know you like him. You talked about him last episode, how you think he's going to be a top 15 fantasy receiver. And I disagree, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you got your guy. Getting your guys is so important in this. I got five players. Well, technically, if you count Samaj P. Ryan, six, but he's, like, such a – like, he's. I just picked him up as a handcuff in both leagues. So I just didn't really feel like – I don't. I'm not going to count him. I've got five notable players that I share between my Dynasty team and my Scott Fish team. And it's uh, Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, DeAndre Swift, Elijah Moore, and John Brown. And I'm pretty proud of that. Getting my guys. Mm-hmm. And I've got one more draft this summer, the redraft league that Chris and I are going to do. Um, we don't do a ton of leagues. We don't do like 15 leagues. I feel like it takes away from the fun if you have too many. So we got one redraft, one dynasty, and uh, Scott Fishbowl, which I'm perfectly happy with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I've drafted Brand Ayuk in the seventh round, but I was really happy. Um. I definitely got some guys that I like. I love Chubb next year. love Najee, DeAndre Swift, so I love that core. I have AJB on both of my Dynasty team and my SFB team, so I'm really happy with him. And then Jameis Winston, breakout candidate, uh, Lamar Jackson, just a great quarterback for fantasy. So really excited with how things, things turned yeah. out. And you recently traded me for Jameis Winston in our Dynasty League. I gave up uh, Jameis in a late second for Jalen Hurts, which I thought was a pretty good deal for me, but you love Jameis so much that and don't like Hurts, so it was – Solid for you as well, from mm-hmm. your view. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and we're assuming it's a late second because it was from a good team, but it could be any anywhere from the second. So mm-hmm. let's do bold takes. Would you like me to go first, Chris, or would you like to go? I'll go first. <laughs> this one's funny. Davis Mills, uh, one quarterback that I really hyped up going into the draft. Um, like for no reason, I'm really confused. I was still still don't know the he logic. Was a top this. prospect coming out of high school. He has. One of the best arms uh, I've seen in a while. And one of the biggest things that he was missing was a running game, or well, at least in the scattering reports. But watching some film, he still showed a good bit of physicality while he was running, and he wasn't afraid to take it in. Um, so I felt comfortable with him. I felt like that was what a lot of people were saying was his only downside. And I didn't see it as that big of a downside. I think he can be a solid pocket passer in this league. And so I have him, uh, my bull take is that I think he'll finish as the starter for the Texans and that he is worth a late round flyer. He's a guy that I'm going to grab in. Not only in SFB, but I'm going to maybe look to grab him in redraft even too. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, in SFB, I get it. It's like super flex. Um, I'm not actually sure if Davis Mills is still available in my league. So you would tell me with my quarterback situation, Joe Burrow, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Zach Wilson, to drop maybe like Jeff Wilson and pick up Davis Mills? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, right now the ad drops are locked. I will check if he's available, but yeah, he is a guy you can get late in SFB. So I don't mind the pick, but really, and you really think he could be like, why, why, I don't understand why you would draft him in redraft. Like it just, there's so many guys that are already guaranteed and not even 24 quarterbacks usually go. And uh, as I'm looking, unfortunately, Davis Mills is actually already picked, but um, I'm interested. I guess you do believe in his talent, even on this Mm -hmm. terrible Texans team. Yeah, maybe he's not like a full redraft target, but if, uh, especially in super flex leagues, I'd see it more as a consideration. So I still okay. think it's a late round flyer in, um, in a redraft league, especially if teams just your league happens to tend that you have a few people taking three quarterbacks or something. 
and you're kind of stuck in needing a second guy, go ahead and draft Mills. I think that he could be a nice potential pick. Or if you want a third uh, QB, say you get like, if you get like Kirk Cousins and you grab Daniel Jones, so you just want one more potential QB, go ahead and grab Mills. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a star. Yeah, Davis like Mills went yeah. at the 22.04 in my league to Mark Orns at Mark underscore in underscore MI on Twitter. Uh, and then after that was Taylor Heineke, Mitchell Trubisky, Brian Hill, Chris Evans, Keelan Cole, Jeff Wilson, Olamid Zacchaeus, and Anthony McFarland. And then the draft ended. So he went in the last round in a super flex. So, yeah, I mean, this is a guy you can get for free. But it is recorded that you say he is worth a late-round flyer. <laughs> yep. All right. My take, Elijah Moore will finish ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster in fantasy football for 2021. This is very simple. Juju is the wide receiver three on his own team. This team has added Najee Harris and Chris. We both agree that we expect Najee Harris to take on a 250 plus carry workload along with a sizable amount of targets and receptions. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So if that happens, this is a team that gave Deontay Johnson 144 targets last year. This is a team that has a freak 99 percentile graded out athlete in Chase Claypool. I don't. This is a team that has Eric Ebron, who will get targeted in the red zone by Ben Roethlisberger, and this is a team who drafted a second-round tight end in Pat Fryermuth to catch a lot of those underneath throws that Juju would normally get. This is also a team that still has a pass-catching running back in Jalen Samuels, who I don't think is going to be completely gone. So, all of this, I don't see how Juju is going to get production, given that all of his receptions last year were near the line, like his yards per catch or his at least yards per target was like under seven last year. Juju finished okay in fantasy because the Steelers threw a ball, the ball a lot, but this is going to become a lot more of a run first team. He had 8.6 yards per reception last year and his yards per target, his, um, his yards per target was 6.5. That is incredibly low. That's lower than even the like lower than a lot of running backs, which is, just it's just crazy like here let me look up like jd mckissick a pass catching back if he even these guys can compete with juju in yards per target because his throws are all near the line and it's just that's not good for fantasy production they're going to try to move him to the outside a little bit more this year but he's shown he's not good on the outside despite his size he's not a dominating player um yards per jd mckissick had 7.4 yards per catch and um let's see it was yards per target I'm trying to find it 5.4 yards per target. So actually I was incorrect. JD McKissick only, but still for a running back like him who catches all of his passes on screens, having a 5.4 yards per target and Juju had 6.5. That's still like shows just how low he was. But um, overall, Elijah Moore is with a quarterback. I really like with a good arm and Zach Wilson. Wilson may be a little inconsistent in year one, but he's got a good old line. So I have confidence that he can at least put up some production this year. That's why I drafted him and Elijah Moore in SFB. And Elijah Moore is a super, super talented route runner and has incredible hands. If you just watch his highlights, you can see that. Although if you're trying to get an analysis, don't just watch his highlights, obviously. But I have Elijah Moore as my wide receiver 39. Juju is my wide receiver 48. This is not a question of who I would take in drafts. I would take Elijah Moore very easily, and he's going to score more fantasy points next year. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Elijah Moore. His film is just incredible. And so, I mean, in a year where I feel like Juju Smith-Schuster starts to fade uh, or his role starts to fade in this offense, I totally understand uh, this ranking, and I, I think it's a good take. I love the potential that Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson, and this new offensive line that the Jets have brought in um, will bring for fantasy. I'm just wondering why you have Jalen Waddle ranked ahead of Elijah Moore in your rankings. 
I think just because of that connection with Tua Tagovailoa, and uh, I'm more comfortable right now with what I know um, uh, Jalen Waddle's role in, in that offense is. I mean, we've seen Jamison Crowder play, Crowder play out of the slot too. So that worries me a little bit with Elijah Moore because he's definitely limited to the slot. But um, I just like Waddle because I think he has a lot more potential with Tagovailoa because I think that almost immediately he can step in and be Tagovailoa's favorite target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the same about Moore, and I understand your concern about Crowder, but they got him to take a 50% pay cut. They weren't going to keep him if he wasn't going to get paid backup receiver money. So mm-hmm. th- they know this is their guy. They got him early in the second yeah. round and rated him out as easily a first-round prospect, and they were shocked to get him, basically. They expected – he a lot of teams, I'm sure, not just the Jets, but I know that it was reported that the Jets expected Elijah Moore to go in the first round, and there's a mm-hmm. good reason for that because he was the number four wide receiver on a lot of teams' boards behind – um behind Waddle, Smith, and uh, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Although Chris wouldn't agree with the Waddle take, obviously, as you've heard before on the show. Ready to move on to wide receivers? Yeah. Okay. It's top 60 here. We're going to go through the top 24 and then talk some interesting guys. This is interesting. At wide receiver, there's not a clear-cut number one at the top. I would say there's about four different guys, maybe five, that you can make a case for at number one. It's pretty interesting, um, and Chris, I think yours is the uh, generic one as of now, but, I mean, it makes, certainly makes a lot of sense. It, part of it, I think, has to do with you expect Aaron Rodgers to return, but you've got Devontae Adams as your wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's fully on the basis that I think the, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers will return, and in my opinion, Devontae Adams is the most talented receiver in the league who gets the best, most consistent workload, gets a good amount of red zone targets, or, well, a very high amount of red zone targets, and has one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And so it's an easy number one for me as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to – I might move Adams to number one, but for now it's going to be Calvin Ridley, who I mentioned in my bold take I thought would be the fantasy wide receiver one because we just don't know about Aaron Rodgers. And it might look a little bit more likely that maybe he comes back than it did before I mean he's at least talked about it in public a little bit jokingly so maybe that means he's not totally mad but we'll see I I just I still don't see there I still feel like there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers does not play for the Packers this year so I Devontae Adams is my number two because he's so good like you said but Calvin Ridley is the one guy besides Tyreek Hill who has proven he can perform at like another tier than these elite wide receivers and he did it when Julio Jones was out so I think he's going to be a stud Tyreek Hill yeah, he's proven he could do it, but he's had a lot of seasons. That last one was easily the best of his fantasy career. And for him, he can be great without touchdowns, but with touchdowns, that kind of put him on another level. He will probably have a little bit of regression next year in terms of like the touchdown totals that he had. Although he usually is a high touchdown scorer, it's just um, it's going to be hard for him to hold up that production. And I don't think his ceiling is any higher than what he did last year, which was pretty close to equal to what Calvin Ridley did with Julio out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Hill is number three for me. Do you have Hill as two? Yeah, I have Hill as two. Okay. And then who's your three? Uh, Diggs. Okay. Solid pick, I suppose. Diggs is my number four. We saw what he could do last year. I think last year is a good blueprint for his future. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. know if he has a ceiling much higher than that, but he didn't score a ton of touchdowns or anything. It's not like he's due for major regression. He'll just be elite. Yeah, I mean, especially in full PPR, too, just he's a target monster. And so um, we do half PPR, so I think, but in full PPR, he could easily be ranked as the number one guy. I probably have him as number two and half in full PPR. I mean, he's just so talented. And I think that um, 
I think that I'm, or well, at least I'm hoping to see his touchdown rate go up a little bit next year. Yeah, it wasn't the highest, that's for sure. I think, how many do you have, like seven? Stephon Diggs did not have double digits. I think he had like seven or eight. He had eight touchdowns last year, 127 receptions for 1,535 yards. That's an incredible baseline. I mean, if we're saying in the 17-game season that his baseline is uh, probably like 130 for 1,500, like that's just such a good spot to where if he gets 10, 11, 12 touchdowns, that he could be incredible. And if he gets eight, he'll still be great. Mm-hmm. So that's where I have him ranked. Uh, number five for me is A.J. Brown, a guy I would have considered putting ahead of Stephon Diggs before the Julio Jones acquisition. I think A.J. Brown's still going to be really, really efficient, but he can't get the same target load that A.J. Brown will. So, Steph- or, I mean, that Stephon Diggs will. So Stephon Diggs will consistently be getting a little bit of an edge on him each and every game from their reception count. A.J. Brown may have a lot of four reception games for you where he'll still be great, but I was with Julio gone. If Julio hadn't been there, A.J. Brown would have been a legit candidate for the wide receiver one role because I think he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the whole league, especially after the catch. So a huge monster target share could have been great for him. But um, So I know you have Ridley at four and A.J. Brown at five. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Ridley next year. I just There are three guys that I like a little bit more. And then I love A.J. Brown next year too. But again, just four guys that I think – I mean, the top of this wide receiver class, I mean, these first five guys are really – there's a huge drop-off, in my opinion, from the first five to the rest. Um, I think AJB is going to be great. It's just, yes, he could be higher if Julio Jones wasn't there because he will be at times limited in his target share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Number six, uh, I don't know, actually. I'm not looking at your rankings right now. I don't know who you, who you have at six. I have Justin Jefferson. The 1,400 yards in his rookie season says it all. He was also a guy who didn't have a ton of touchdowns, so he's not due for major regression. And he put up a top five wide receiver season, albeit obviously with injuries, but the I'm comfortable taking Jefferson after these guys. 88 receptions, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. That feels like a good baseline average season from him. Might get a little more, like might get a little less. I feel like maybe not reception and yards-wise, but I don't see him regressing a ton because those stats tend to stick a little bit more. But, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable if Jefferson puts that up again, taking him as my uh, wide receiver six currently. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, wide receiver six, I have Keenan Allen, and he's a guy I absolutely love just because of Justin Herbert. I'm really excited about the p- potential between these two. I mean, uh, Herbert showed a lot of flashes of being a quarterback that can – I mean, he showed flashes of a quarterback that could develop into top five in the league, and um, I expect Keenan Allen to go right with him. Allen is a target monster and uh, in an offense that doesn't have that many targets. I mean, they have Austin Eckler, but at the wide receiver position, they drafted Josh Palmer and they have Mike Williams, but that's really it. So I think that Keenan Allen is going to step up and be a huge number one for Justin Herbert. And uh, um, I expect this entire offense to take a big step forward. Mm -hmm. He's averaged 101 catches over the past four years. And now he has Herbert who has a chance to vault into that MVP conversation next year, just because of Mm -hmm. how good he was in his rookie year. To clarify on Jefferson, I mean, he missed, he barely did anything in his first two games as well. So if you're like trying to extrapolate his pace, that's going to be about 101 receptions for 1,600 yards. So maybe I won't be satisfied with 88 for 1,400 as my wide receiver six, especially with the how the position has grown. But that's such a great pace. Like it could happen. He could get 
And in, in the 17 game season, he could catch 108 passes for 1700 yards and get like nine or 10 touchdowns or maybe like mm-hmm. nine touchdowns. That, that would be crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, let's see. Michael Thomas is my number seven guy. This is mm-hmm. one. I feel like Michael Thomas would have the potential to be the wide receiver one again. It's just so hard for me to see with, if Jameis Winston starts, I like it a little bit more. We know how good Michael Thomas is, and I expect Taysom Hill to get used to giving him a massive target share. But those six guys ahead of him have so much potential too that with the risk with Michael Thomas in his quarterback situation and the fact that we haven't seen anything from Drew Brees, uh, from him without Drew Brees, is a problem for me. I know he had he had no touchdowns last year. His target share actually with Taysom Hill was actually quite solid, but he didn't score a single touchdown. Hakeem Butler scored m- more touchdowns than Michael Thomas last year, and Hakeem Butler ran one route all season. That's just an, a mind-boggling stat. So Thomas, a lot of risk at wide receiver seven, but taking him there is fine with me because I think he's the last of those guys that can really, really vault into that top six tier and has like a really solid shot at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I love him with James Winston at the helm. And that's why I would bet my money on is going to be the starter uh, going into week one. Also, I have Thomas at seven. And then at eight, I have Justin Jefferson. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I think that's that's fair, I guess. I mean, it's Jefferson isn't that high volume red zone guy. So it's not necessarily like I mean, not all of these guys are, but uh, I, I can understand not having him super high, but I mean, there's nowhere to go. But I mean, I guess he could go down technically, but going down from his rookie year, unless he gets hurt, seems unfathomable almost. Number mm-hmm. eight is DeAndre Hopkins. I love the, De- I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is an elite player. He's great. And he is like an extreme talent, but he had a lot of games last year where he wasn't catching that many passes. And while he was a great deep threat, he got a lot of first downs. So if you're in point for first down leagues, that's great. He wasn't, necessarily putting up a ton of numbers even when kyler murray was the qb or he was but it just wasn't completely consistent i mean even when kyler murray was at a historic pace i'm trying to pull up his game log right now i mean if you look he had a lot of games where uh he was a superstar but then it was just sometimes he would put up some duds for you like he had 151 yards 68 137 41 131 73 103 30 127, 51, 55, 52. Like Murray was hurt for some of those games, but that's a lot of games where he's not giving you wide receiver one numbers. And while he's great and shockingly enough, he had 115 receptions. I feel like the bias about him is that it didn't feel like he had 115 receptions because he was like that last year. And that's something that shouldn't be ignored. So Hopkins is great, but he's my number eight. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm right there with you with Hopkins. I love him with Kyler Murray, though, but uh, I still have him around nine. So it feels like I'm doing him dirty, but it's just there's eight guys ahead of him that I like more. Yeah, it's it's it does for sure. And you're you're right about that. And it's it, his bus games were a bit unpredictable last year. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. against great defenses like hit Carolina was his 41 yard game. Dallas was two receptions for 73. Uh mm-hmm. My, I guess Miami was three for 30. These aren't elite defenses. He wasn't being locked up. It was just his role is not Kyler Murray will target the number one receiver in the offense. He's shown it. Uh, Hopkins had plenty of games with double digit targets last year, but he w- hasn't done it on a, and I mean, he, I guess uh, that's actually not quite correct. He has done it on a consistent basis. He does give Hopkins lots of targets, 
but sometimes the yards don't come and sometimes they mm-hmm. do and it's uh it's a little bit too i mean hopkins is a stud hopkins is a stud if you looked at his game lock you'd be very happy with it as your wide receiver one but again seven guys i like better and it's a little bit more inconsistent than a lot of these mm-hmm. yeah number nine keenan allen you talked about him he's gonna be a stud at full ppr um even better but uh number 10 for me this is where we're starting to get into these high upside bets. It's Terry McLaurin. And this might seem a little bit high based on what he did last year, but I expect Terry McLaurin to get 130 targets with a 17-game season with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts the whole season, which I believe he will, uh, McLaurin is actually the wide receiver 12 on Fantasy Pro's consensus. Fitzpatrick will feed McLaurin. He fed Devontae Parker when he had him. He fed Mike Evans. He will give the ball to his number one receiver. And um, McLaurin is a great and electric route runner. He'll be open a lot. So his receptions it will come consistently because he's just consistently going to be available to throw to. With the deep ball guys, It can unless they have a monster target share, it can be a little bit inconsistent for them. Um, but McLaurin is constantly open. So it's not, he'll, he'll get a lot of targets and uh, he's one of the best receivers in the league already in his young career. He's finally got a QB and he was so good last year, even without a QB. Um, I mean, I don't see a world where he's not a top 12 wide receiver next year, barring injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, you have him as 13. I mean, I guess that's a ranking, but then people might get hurt and he finishes his 12. Yeah, I, I mean, I, what I'm saying is I, I like I like McLaurin. I think he has a ton of potential next year, and I, I think he's a lot more talented than people give him credit for. No, that's true. I mean, he does get a lot of credit, but he's very talented. Uh, number Your number 10 is my number 13. It's Mike Evans. This is I, – I, I understand it, but it's uh, a little bit high for me. I don't know if Evans can do much better than what he did last year, which was great, but he doesn't have that – He's not exactly the same incredible potential for me. I think he totally is because Tom Brady is still playing his greatest ever and Mike Evans is his favorite target. This team is going to score a lot of points and Mike Evans is Tom Brady's favorite red zone target. He's still, despite the three wide receivers, manages to get a consistent target share. And so um, I think the sky's the limit for what Evans and Brady can do next year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not that far off from my ranking, so I guess it's fine with me. Two guys I have ahead of him, though. Allen Robinson at number 11. Um, lots of targets coming here, either from Andy Dalton, who will throw, rely on his number one as a bad quarterback or Justin Fields, who will rely on his number one as a, an experienced quarterback and get him the ball a lot because uh, Justin Fields has a cannon. Allen Robinson is an incredible possession receiver. He won't get you a ton of touchdowns, but he's basically a bet to finish. He's a good bet to finish top five in the league in targets again, like he has done a couple of years in a row now. Not even, I think three of the last four years, I'm pretty sure he has had like 150 plus targets. So mm-hmm. he's an absolute superstar. PPR monster. I mean, I don't, it's hard to say PPR monster because Allen Robinson's receptions have been bad because he's had so many bad quarterbacks, like, which sounds weird to say for a possession receiver. But if he gets Justin Fields, who will throw the ball accurately despite his concerns. Um, and I guess not three of the past four years. The last two years was when Allen Robinson had 150-plus targets. But he had 102 and 98 the last two years. That can go up a little bit with a more accurate guy, a guy who has that just innate ability to throw it in there. Touchdowns, six touchdowns and seven the last two years. But if Fields takes over, this team will be driving down the field a little bit more. You can hope for a couple more touchdowns from Allen Robinson next year. He's a stud. Um, he's It's tough 
but I barely put him ahead of my number 12 guy, which is Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay has an incredible potential for target share in New York. And yes, he is a deep ball guy, but he can get 150 targets. So he will still have enough receptions to be great. He will lead the league or be close to it in yards per catch. And he will turn Daniel Jones's already good deep ball stats into something consistent that he can rely on. He's finally got Daniel Jones finally has a number one receiver. Uh, I could see Kenny Galladay putting up 150 catch, 150 targets, 85 receptions, 1500 yards and 10 touchdowns next year he's just he's gonna be great he will get the 50 50 balls he will prevent daniel jones from making some of those characteristic mistakes that i mean albeit he has cut out cut down on talked about him so much but yes that's my number 12 mm-hmm. yeah uh, 11 and 12 i've got metcalf and robinson um i have Galladay a little bit farther down but i still like what this giants offense has the potential to do um for metcalf though i think it's just a talent thing he's just so talented and uh Russell Wilson is still going to throw the ball. I think them implementing a running game too will actually help him a little bit just because um, uh, he'll be able to, you know, like teams aren't going to know exactly what they're doing, which was launching deep balls down to DK Metcalf every season. That being said, I still think that Metcalf is primarily a deep ball receiver and teams are going to mainly play him like that. That could limit him a little bit. They also brought in Dwayne Eskridge. So that's why I have him at 11, but I still think he has a lot of potential. Yeah, he, I mean, based on that ranking, DK is the Fantasy Pros consensus wide receiver six. He is our consensus wide receiver 13. So you've got to avoid him. Um, I think both of us would agree. The running game addition will help Russell Wilson, who will be efficient. It will not help DK Metcalf be consistent, which is what he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And your number 13 is Terry McLaurin. Mine is uh, Mike Evans. So I guess we've already talked about both of those guys a bit. You want to go to your number 14 guy? Yeah, my 14 is Ayuk, who I talked about last episode. So I'm not going to tell you guys about him because you have to go back to the last episode to check it out. And then 15, I've got Cooper. 16, I've got Julio. And uh, Cooper and Julio are two guys that are, um, I think, going under the radar a little bit. Actually, maybe not Julio as much, but Amari Cooper is. And uh, with Dak Prescott returning, I expect him to have a big workload. And then for Julio, I expect him to still get a nice workload. And he's just insanely talented. Tannehill is going to throw to him. So I like that duo there. And that's why I have him at 16. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Ayuk, we kind of just disagreed on whether you thought Ayuk could become the bona fide, like maybe potentially the target leader or close and have like a lot of targets in that offense. I just didn't see it with Debo and George Kittle and the intent to run the ball and potentially Trey Lance, who runs the ball starting a QB. But it's mm-hmm. certainly it's fair. Uh, Amari Cooper is going to be consistent. He'll be good. Julio at 16. Yeah, I get it. Julio has a lot of upside next year to be efficient. He won't get. He won't be a target monster. So sixteen is fair because he's not going to be a top six receiver, but maybe he could be a top twelve receiver. It's b- very possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. So my fourteen is Jamar Chase, who, unlike most rookies, will step into the wide receiver one role right away for Joe Burrow, who requested this guy on his team. I don't think it's going to take like I game one. I could see Jamar chase leading this team in targets. They drafted him at number five. He's the best wide receiver prospect we've seen in quite a few years now, probably since Calvin Ridley and who is also a stud who I love and an electric route runner can get open on the deep balls. He was with bro incredible in college. I think, was it 20 touchdowns? I know he had at least 20, 20 or 21 or something in his year with Burrow on just 88 receptions. That's just ridiculous. This guy will be the red zone threat. He'll be the over the middle threat. He'll be the threat at the sticks. He will be everywhere for Joe Burrow. And I love T Higgins too. Tyler Boyd's great, but Jamar Chase will be the one who has the highest ceiling next year. 
um, a guy I've been rising on a lot, and you should take him at his current price. Kenny Galladay, by the way, current price, wide receiver 24. He's moving down the rankings, not up. And um, Cortland, or Jamar Chase is wide receiver 27. But explain to me, Chris, why Kenny Galladay is ahead of Tyler Lockett? Or no, why Tyler Lockett's ahead of Kenny Galladay next year? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. brutal. Mm-hmm. I don't that understand. is a brutal. Like for some reason, fantasy pros was like, "Oh, Galladay's not low enough. Let's get it to someone who won't have a consistent target share instead of someone who will." These guys are equally as explosive, and one of them could get 150 targets. One of them could get 100 and have like five games with one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right, number 15, DK Metcalf. Same story there. Avoid him at all costs. Number 16 is C.D. Lamb, who I have one spot ahead of Amari Cooper. I understand saying that Amari Cooper should be better because Amari Cooper is more proven in the NFL, but I think C.D. Lamb proved all he needed to last year. He proved that he's already really good, and he did it with very bad quarterback play. With Dak Prescott back, C.D. has more upside. Cooper will be very good, and it's very close for me between those two, but if you're looking for the upside pick, it's C.D. And then Cooper at 17, and then I got Julio Jones at 18. All right, um, let's go through the top 24, and then we can do our interesting guys. So you have CD at 18 and uh, Robert Woods at 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, CD Lamb, another guy that I like just because of Dak Prescott coming back. And Robert Woods, too. Um, I'm really excited about him with Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Yeah, he could be good. Him and Cooper Cup might be a little bit undervalued next year. It's possible. Um, mm-hmm. My number 19 receiver is Deontay Johnson. Um, 144 targets last year dropped a lot of them, but I'm not concerned about drops for fantasy football. The narrative about drops is only used against players that people want them to use against. You realize DK Metcalf had, I believe here, let's look up drops leaders last year. I believe DK had 10. I want to get the stat right. Um, Deontay had 12. I know that. Um, but I know there were a couple other guys who were on this list who people don't like to talk about. Oh, okay. The target the numbers are actually a little bit higher. I think drops are also a in uh, like a uh, subjective stat. Deontay had 16, Jerry Judy had 14. But here are guys we don't talk about. Tyreek Hill had 11 drop passes, Alvin Kamara had 10, CD Lamb and DK had 9. I know Deontay mm-hmm. had a lot and that is more than most of them, but just because the guy was on prime time doesn't mean you should just be not considering that these other guys have dropped the ball too. It's not it's not a problem for fantasy if they're going to get the consistent target share that he's gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Number 20 is T Higgins. He'll be good. Uh, Van Gogh's offense will be good, but Jamar Chase has more upside. 21 for me is Chris Godwin. Um, I think he's the number two wide receiver on this team. And he's proven he can be consistent despite, again, three wide receiver sets like you mentioned, Chris. Number 22, Cortland Sutton. Terrible quarterback play. He'll have a lot of targets, though. Still got him ranked a lot higher than consensus, which has him as the wide receiver 29 on fantasy pros. So go out and draft him because I think he can be like an Allen Robinson type. Number 23, Cooper Cup. Again, same sort of excitement about the quarterback play. And number 24, Robert Woods. That rounds out my top 24 guys. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, I, I like the team. Or, I mean, uh, not the team, the, uh, the rankings. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one guy I disagree with a lot is Cortland Sutton. I just think that Jerry Judy is the number one guy there. I currently have <laughs> Sutton at 34 and Jerry Judy at 28. This has to be a bold take. You think Jerry Judy's the number one guy there, clearly? Mm-hmm. Why? Because I think he's the most talented in, in that offense. I think he's the most talented player in that offense. You're underselling Cortland Sutton. Jeez. 
I, I, I hadn't paid attention. I didn't know you dropped Cortland Sutton so low. That's lower than everyone else had. Like, even the consensus has him. Yeah, are you sure? Yeah, Cortland Sutton's the consensus wide receiver 29. Jerry Judy is the consensus wide receiver 37. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, just, and just then... Sure about consensus. So, to go through mine, um, at 19, I have Chris Godwin. Um, I love his, the combo Wait, with Tom Brady. 18, right? Hmm? CD's 18. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, 20, I've got Galladay, who we talked about a little bit. Um, I love him with Jones, but I'm not 100% convinced on Jones. Okay. And then, let me see. I've got at Jamar Chase at 21. Um, love the combo with Joe Burrow. Uh, they're going to have immediate chemistry coming into this league, and that's going to make him a, a great pickup in fantasy. 22, I've got Cooper Cup. Again, another guy. Like, you notice these trends. I love when people have good quarterbacks. Um, Cooper Cup has got Matthew Stafford. And then, of course, as I say that, I go to someone that uh, has been struggling at the quarterback position, DJ Moore. I still think that he's just going to be a target hog, and that's going to help him a lot. Um, and then 24, I've got Deontay Johnson, who I think is the clear alpha in that offense. So mm-hmm. I have him at 24. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Johnson's yards per target actually last year was not especially high as well. It was still significantly higher than Juju's. But that's Ben Roethlisberger is always going to keep it close to the line in general as well because of the quick snap to throw count. But Juju's was so absurdly low that it wasn't just because of that. Um, yeah. DJ Moore was a guy you loved last year, Chris. How are you feeling now? Mm, I'm okay on him. I thought he was more talented than than he is. I don't know if it's the talent. This is he. I think people agree that he's talented, but he hasn't had any quarterback play at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Touchdowns haven't come. I have DJ Moore as my wide receiver, twenty five. So right on the cusp. Um, mm-hmm. other guys. All right. Do you want to go through here? You can go through your guys. Just go run down your rankings. Talk about a few who you think are interesting. Um, from twenty five to sixty. And you guys can um, go check out the full rankings with the link in the description. I talked about Michael Pittman already, and I have him at wide receiver third day or third day thirty. Third day. Uh-huh. Um, I let me see someone else interesting. Lavisca Chanel. I have him as my wide receiver thirty-three, and I think that that's because I think he'll develop into Trevor Lawrence's favorite wide receiver. And right now, I think that anyone that develops into his number one receiver should be inside that top thirty-three you mark. Because, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I do have him. I have him one spot ahead of Sutton. But uh, yeah, I think he's. I think if he develops into Lawrence's favorite target, then that's going to be huge for his value. Um, let's see here at thirty nine, I've got Tyler Lockett. I hate him next year. I oh yes. I mean, I I just don't see the targets coming and the inconsistency. Even if he does end up finishing even near like number thirty, I think that the inconsistency makes him around thirty nine, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm surprised I have Tyler Lockett that much far ahead of you. I have him as wide receiver 34, so I actually like mm-hmm. him more than you by like a good amount. But yeah, I hate him too. Avoid him. I don't hate um, him as a person 46, or a player. But. A guy that I really like next year, Rondell Moore. Um, I expect him to be good with Kyler Murray, and uh, I think that all the attention for defenses is going to go on DeAndre Hopkins, and that's going to leave Rondell Moore able to get open and do what he does best, which is against single coverage, and that's where he's able to shine. Um, he's got he's so fast, and he should be able to get himself open. And I think that Kyler Murray has been a great quarterback for, and he'll be able to hit him on those deep balls, especially in an air raid offense. I mean, we don't really have a clear number two right now. And Larry Fitzgerald is vacating targets. Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella have shown that they aren't that talented. So um, I expect more to be the second guy there Okay. in an air raid offense. So I love that. Anyone else you're interested in or want to talk about? Um, I kind of have a group of three rookie wide receivers 
Jalen Waddle, Elijah Moore, and Rashad Bateman from 49 to 51. Um, they're all kind of in the same kind of group for me. Um, I'd say I actually like Rashad Bateman to be a possible guy that steps up, but I, I think any of them could. Um, it's just I'm a little bit concerned about what Lamar could do with Bateman. We haven't really seen him with a number one receiver, so I think that makes him a little bit unpredictable. But um, I like the talent of those three, except Waddle. I'm not as high on Waddle as others, but I think that connection with Tua, and I, I mean, the Dolphins was the best place he could go. So I think that that makes him a, a good value. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this last episode. The rookie gap in rankings is crazy. Like, I'm not a Bateman guy at all. I don't think he can be a wide receiver one. Or I don't think he can be – or he will be – he could be the wide receiver one in the offense, but there's just too many guys for Lamar to throw to, and Lamar doesn't throw the ball enough. He might throw it more, but there's a lot of Mm -hmm. weapons. He'll spread it around. But Rashad Bateman's currently the consensus fantasy wide receiver 63. Rookie, like – in dynasty, I feel like it's rookie fever. In redraft, it's the opposite. So many rookies mm-hmm. are undervalued. Even guys I don't yeah. like, like Rashad Bateman. Like I have Jalen Waddle as the wide receiver fifty-two in fantasy. Oh, he's actually ranked as the wide receiver fifty-one. But I don't like Jalen Waddle at all, and he, he's ranked at like the same spot. Rookies, these rookies, you can take a chance on. Like I would, I guess I'd advise you to draft Rashad Bateman at his current price, which is surprising for mm-hmm. me to say. I love yeah. his talent, but still. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me see. I'll look at a few guys who I want to talk about. Antonio Brown at wide receiver 29. He's very undervalued in my opinion. He can be close to Godwin Evans type of production. He's shown it already. Will Fuller at wide receiver 28. This He has a lot of upside because if he can make Tua good and Tua can just feed him and he can stay healthy, he could be good. But there's so many question marks. Devontae Smith mm-hmm. at wide receiver 30. Same thing except Devontae Smith has a lot more targets available there because they just got Dallas Goddard and that's it. Jalen Hurts will feed him. I expect, um, let's see, wide receiver 38, Marvin Jones. That's the guy who I think is going to be Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. That's why I've got him there. And you know what? I will move him actually up ahead of Curtis Samuel. So he will be my wide receiver 37 because I like Marvin Jones' target share more. One of my favorite late round targets is Marvin Jones. Um, let's see, he uh, wide receiver 44, John Brown, same deal. Lots of targets available. Talented guy, had a 1,000-yard season two years ago with Buffalo. Do not forget that. I think it was a top 20 fantasy receiver as well. So that's, that's really, really good. Um, other guys, there are some others that I have um, ranked. Interestingly, let's see. Um, Elijah Moore, wide receiver 39. Love him. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver 48. One spot ahead of him is Michael Gallup. Uh, if Michael Gallup can take the wide receiver three role, he could be the wide, a wide receiver three in fantasy because this offense throws so much. And Michael Gallup's stats were actually better than you might think last year or the last two years, 59 for eight forty three and five touchdowns with horrific quarterback play. And then in 2019, 66 for a thousand and seven, 107 and six touchdowns. That's quite solid. I think that justifies a ranking over Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, wide receiver 53, Michael Pittman could be all right. I'm just can't really trust him and he could be a total bust. And um, I think that's about it for me. Uh, Russell Gage at wide receiver 58, you can keep an eye on. Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver 59 could be the wide receiver two in Buffalo. Other than that, though, not any crazy stuff. I guess mm-hmm. uh, maybe G.J. Chark at wide receiver 41. Don't not, I'm more confident in Marvin Jones to be the one in that offense. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is it for this show. Thank you guys for listening. This was a fun one. Go check out our rankings um, in the uh, link is in the description. You can go to sites.google.com slash view slash second goal fantasy or just click or the copy and paste the link or click it depending on what platform you're on. Subscribe 
Keep downloading for us. We are almost at 3,000 downloads for the podcast. 2,977. Um, quite solid. This was We got a lot of downloads on our Fantasy Bust episode um, pretty recently. So we had like mm-hmm. 35 on that one. But 2,977 downloads currently with 78 episodes published. The RB preview came out the day we're recording this. Already got 10 downloads on there. So... Chris, I think we should definitely be over 3,000 downloads uh, by the time we do our next episode. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys, for doing that. makes us look better if you can bump up our numbers. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF, at SGF pod. Again, yeah, I mean, the reason I say that we should be over by the time that we do the next episode is because we're probably not going to be recording another one for almost two weeks because this one is recording really early. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Check out our live show, Second Goal Sports Talk on YouTube. Uh, We got some shows, past shows posted there if you want to watch that. Um, Thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, we will see you next time.